welcome back to Operate Intelligently podcast, sponsored by uh, Dude Solutions. And I am just so excited. This is actually our 50th episode that we're recording today. And I'm just so excited to bring back uh, my original co-host, Tony Butler. I'm Bob Bittner, uh, known passionately around here as Papa Dude. And uh, Tony, it is so good to be having you uh, here with me on the other side of the mic this morning. Hey, I'm pumped to be here. Uh, It's been a while, so I'm excited. Uh, Hopefully I'm not too rusty today. Well, we'll spray a little WD-40 on both of us and uh, (laughs) away we'll go. But uh, it sure is good. And, you know, some of the uh, things that we have addressed in the past, uh, we're going to review a little bit of those in some of the episodes, but uh, bring some fresh uh, new look to them. And uh, we, uh, we originally started this out with our facility dude side and now we're including all of our vertical markets and we're just really excited to uh, make this a dude solutions uh, podcast and really provide some great uh, uh, great information to uh, our clients and our friends and those out there in the facility industry and people don't have to be a client of ours to gain benefit from this and matter of fact that's what we really want to bring is some some uh, information that is really unbiased uh, in the industry to help our facility managers really operate better, find solutions, keep up to date on technology and things that are going on in the industry so that they can do their jobs better. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to encourage you all, if there's something that you want to hear about, learn about, uh, listen to me and Papa Dude talk about, please leave us a comment. Let us know. Uh, we definitely want your feedback uh, and, and would love to engage with you guys. So as we talk about some of the things that uh, are challenges today, I want to just kind of kick off this 50th episode today, Tony, of really kind of going back and touching with some of the basic things. Some of the things that are challenging our uh, facility managers every day with. And uh, we know that uh, we've, we've, I've often watched the, uh, the, the uh, video, and if you haven't seen it out there, uh, you can Google uh, facility juggler. It's an old um, video, but it talks about all the kinds of different things that a, a facility manager has to do in their day-to-day life. And that has, there's just been more balls put in the air for them to juggle uh, over this period of time. Yeah, I think things have definitely gotten more complex for them. Um, you know, a lot more for them to do, and they wear a lot of hats these days. You know, we're, we're faced with, uh, and we see every day, the issues around security and safety of our employees and our visitors to our sites and to our events and wherever we go. And that's just really has put a, a whole new uh, complexity to everything we do. But I wanted to kind of jump back and let's look at some of those things that uh, are really facing. And I think, uh, you know, we have um, uh, an aging workforce. Mm-hmm. You know, those of us that were coming into the workforce in the 60s and 70s and 80s are, are starting to retire. And uh, it's really amazing that um, the statistic out there right now is that for every uh, seven skilled trades person that is retiring today, well, there's only three coming in behind it. And uh, that really presents a lot of challenges. Yeah, I was, I was actually on site with someone on the West Coast this week, and they told me that uh, for them to get an HVAC technician out to to their site, um, that that HAC technician has to drive two hours to get there. Um, so a two-hour drive is the closest technician that actually has the ability to work on, you know, on their HVAC. Wow, and that really puts some challenges yeah. when the when something goes down and they have something that they have to do right now, 
and they have to, to have to keep their, their uh, operation going uh, and not to have that. And, and I know that I talk with a lot of contractors and I'm doing a, a lot of work with uh, some of our trained friends uh, these days and they, there's not a, a, a organization out there that hire chiller mechanics that if you walked in there today and had chiller experience that you wouldn't get a job. Everybody's looking for them. That's crazy. And, and not to think the impact that that has on the cost. Yes. Right? Supply and demand. So their costs are going going up. Exactly. Which, which impacts our, our bottom line. And then those of us who are trying to manage a budget when it comes to facilities, I mean, um, that, that will impact us not only this year, next year, uh, and for many years to come. Well, I think it's a story that our facility directors and managers need to share with their, their financial people. They need to know what's going on because of this manpower shortage or this skill shortage. Uh, that per, you're exactly right. Price is going to go up, mm-hmm. and uh, they need to figure that in. And so, uh, not only uh, on maintenance cost, but it sure could be a driver on replacement. Should I go ahead and replace it because I'm putting so much repair cost into this, and it's not going to get any cheaper? Yeah, the the capital planning piece, and you just mentioned something else. You know, the the ability for a facility manager to educate and help teach uh, decision makers, you know, why their costs are going up. Yeah, that's an that's another key hat. That's something they have to do. And uh, if they're unable to do that, they might might be successful in getting funds and justifying their budget. Well, you know, those that those uh, of our uh, friends out there that hire their own people. Mm-hmm. It drives the cost of hiring up because they have to offer more competitive uh, salaries because they are going to the contractors and contractors are taking a different reputation today than they used to. They really are paying better benefits. They're providing a better uh, life work style uh, for them. And so they're becoming very competitive and they will offer a higher price. And, and uh, you can't blame a technician for going somewhere where they're going to get two or three, four, five, uh, eight dollars more an hour. Um, and But what it does is it really drives the cost up because that, those costs have to be passed on. Yeah, I know in, in, the, in the public sector, it's really, really hurting them in terms of cost. And of course, that's where we need to keep costs low and it's becoming a challenge. And, and you talked about this uh, client that you uh, talked to this week about being two hours away for an HVAC call. That's what's driving a lot of uh, our contractors to look and owners to look at, is there a different way? Mm-hmm. Is there a, um, can I do something with technology that uh, will allow me to get up and running quicker? Um, ran across uh, a couple neat technologies recently uh, in the, uh, uh, the original Google Glass kind of oh, yeah. uh, environment where uh, they're providing some solutions. There's a company out there called XOI and there's one called uh, Help Lightning. And they actually use some augmented reality and some things where they can wear glasses and talk back to a coach or somebody that can help them out. So you can send a less skilled technician or as an owner, I can go out there, I can put on this pair of glasses or I can use my smartphone and beam a a signal back and uh, they can coach me through, they can help me through and maybe they can save uh, sending a service truck out there. Maybe there's something that, that uh, they can do and say, here, uh, put your uh, ohm meter or your voltmeter across these two points and tell me what it is and do some online troubleshooting and actually being able to call into the machines and so forth and do, do remote monitoring. So there's a lot of things out there that are helping 
reduce some of that, but there's still a cost associated with it. Absolutely. I, I know, um, I think technology is going to bridge the gap. As you mentioned, there's only uh, three people who are backfilling the for every seven retirees you know, so uh, there's a gap there, and I think uh, our opportunities with technology to fill that gap and to be able to to use technology to our advantage, all this data that we're collecting, our smart equipment, our smart facilities, I think that um, we're gonna we're gonna see some in the near future some technology that'll help us bridge that gap. And fortunately, our younger workforce that's coming in to do the replacement. They're much more comfortable with the technology. They're much more comfortable using a smartphone. They're much more comfortable using an iPad or a laptop and just engaging in technology, period. Absolutely. I was telling the story recently. I was presenting to a group, and one of the things that came to, came to mind that I shared with everyone was, you know, I have a six-year-old daughter, and she knows how to operate an iPhone. She knows how to operate an Android tablet. Uh, she can get on the computer. Uh, she can do, because she just learned to read this past year, past couple of years, she can now type and do searches, which is a little scary, but, but uh, you know, for her, uh, that's all, that's her world. Whereas a lot of the folks, like you said, the aging workforce, that was not the way it's been when they were coming up. Yeah. And uh, I can, I can uh, remember back when you had to put a quarter in the phone to call, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there's, there's still a lot of that workforce out there. But uh, today, every that technology is so uh, so prevalent, and so I think it's going to make some of the challenges of technology that's coming on board uh, easier to deal with. But yet, there's this bridge of, of a long time of of, uh, of aging workforce and new workforce and skill. There is just nothing really though that can replace skill no. and knowledge and the history that you've got with that piece of equipment or that type of equipment. Yeah, experience is key. Um, I think in anything that we do, and especially in these trades, uh, for those who have ex- have experience working on s- systems, mechanical systems, electrical systems, uh, that experience goes a long way, especially as we deal with facilities. Because, you know, I mean, each facility is is uh, an individual almost. They're all different. They all take on different lives uh, as they age and they get older. And experience helps us when it comes to uh, repairing those and keeping those in good shape. You know, when I was uh, with the school system and we built uh, schools that were just alike, we called them prototype schools, and so we would repeat building that same building over and over, but never two of them operated exactly alike. Uh, a building has a personality of its own. Uh, it grows uh, and is, is understands its own, the position that it's faced in, the directions, the challenges that are going on around outside, the soil conditions, all kinds of things that create different challenges, even if a building is built just alike. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things that interests me about just what we do in general is how different each individual facility is. Yeah, people just typically look at it as a, a pile of brick and mortar and steel, and, and it's really so much more. It, it, there is a life in that building. And, and speaking of that, you know, a lot of our buildings were built back in the, the 40s and 50s and 60s, and they're really getting a lot of age on them now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, infrastructure issues out there. Uh, if, if you follow uh, politics at all, uh, and I don't want to get into politics, but I do want to talk about the aging infrastructure that we have in our country. Yeah. You know, highways and bridges and, and uh, utilities. The same thing goes with our facilities. 
there's just a huge amount of backlog of work, and I think we're going to talk about that in a in a future uh, podcast all by itself. But uh, you know, just some of those things that uh, are aging, and it is taking a lot of extra maintenance work, which takes away from uh, our just day to day work with trying to keep up and keep together and keep that personality of that building running uh, as they have aged so. Well, I know a lot of people want to keep those buildings around, uh, but also we find people in situations where they just want to get rid of the facility. And these are beautiful buildings that I've seen. I know as I've traveled and seen, like, you go to Texas, every county has its own historical courthouse. And in some instances, they're not being taken care of. And in other instances, you know, they've gotten grants and they've refurbished them. They, uh, they've renovated them. Uh, same thing in, in other Midwest states throughout the country. I've, I've seen a lot of that. And, uh, of course, like you said, the effort and the time and the cost uh, have all been challenges to all the facility managers that I've spoken to. Well, you know, there's a, you're exactly right. And in, in, uh, there's a lot of uh, preservation of buildings, particularly from a, a sustainability and mm-hmm. uh, kind of standpoint that people don't want to tear down some of these old buildings. And some of them were built beautifully from an architectural standpoint. Uh, but the challenge was, how do you get air conditioning in some of these where there wasn't room for ductwork? How do you do some of that? And there's so much new technology out there today that um, really allows for a lot of that to happen without changing really the the look and feel of the building. And how about just the idea of putting wireless, wireless internet in one of these facilities, which, uh, you know, was not a concept when they were built. So that's been a challenge uh, alongside of, as you mentioned, ductwork. Um, you know, as we upgrade pipes and different things, there's a lot of challenges to keep those buildings uh, in shape and try to preserve what they originally were. Well, the whole wireless uh, uh, initiative and standards that are out there now are allowing a lot more to be done with a lot less disruption to the building itself as they're putting things in and breaking holes and walls and firewalls that don't ever get repaired and so forth. So there's, a, there's this big challenge that we're all faced with about moving from point A from this robust construction that we had in the 40s, 50s, and 60s uh, and early 70s to what we've got today. And now how do we, how do we come out of this uh, downturn in the economy that we had? And as money is starting to flow back in, how do we start understanding what it is we need to do? Yeah, I know um, as I talk to folks, they're, they're beginning to get some of the capital funding back. Um, and what they've had to do is make a case, right? They've had to educate their decision makers and help them understand uh, what's happened and why, um, you know, why expenses are going up, why maintenance and operation costs are going up, you know, due to really deferred maintenance, that we were completely reactive. So uh, the conversation has changed, which is, is great. So it's, it's time to... Um, to actually put some of these dollars to work and get the most out of them. And I think uh, another spinoff of it is, is there's been a lot of changes in our uh, our building use and how we, uh, and, and requirements and code compliances and safety issues that today that we need to look at. You know, when we started building elementary schools um, a number of years ago, we never even thought about putting a camera in uh, and if we did, it was on the front door. And now in an elementary school, you might find 50 to 75 cameras right. throughout the building just to make sure the safety of the building. And so there's a lot of new standards, safety standards and, and compliance issues out there that facility managers, it's hard to stay up with all of that stuff. 
you know, there's so much coming at us every day, and it's so hard to stay up with that. And we hope that uh, throughout this podcast that we're going to be able to provide some of those things to help uh, our facility manager friends out there to kind of stay up with those kind of technologies and, and com- code compliances and regulations and so forth. Absolutely. Point you guys to resources that are out there that are on the web that can help uh, educate and also maybe help with what you're dealing with day in and day out. Yeah. That's why it's important for us to, to um, uh, hear back from, from our listeners. We want to hear what you have to say and um, uh, do that. Well, Tony, uh, we're getting kind of at the end of our time for today. Yeah. But uh, I hope we've just kind of set a big picture here for our, uh, our friends out there that we really do want to provide a resource. We understand the issues mm-hmm. that are facing them. And uh, we've just kind of just scraped, scratched the paint just so ever so lightly to Barely. do with that. And uh, so we hope that we can really bring some value to, uh, to our friends out there that are listening to us. And um, uh, we just look forward to, to uh, having uh, sessions the next 50 uh, podcast sessions here coming up. Absolutely. Hopefully I can stay on and, and be a part of all of those. Uh, unlike this first 50, I know I started and I dropped off, but I'm glad to be back. Glad to be a part of, of the community. Looking forward to engaging and talking with you guys. And uh, and for me, you know, this is a learning process. I think it's a learning process for all of us. So it is. I'm, I'm really excited. None of us know it all. And uh, we're going to be bringing some experts in from some different areas and some different fields and uh, sharing those because we don't know it all by no. by far. I know it's hard and, uh, to believe. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and it's humbling to have to admit, yeah. but uh, we'll do that. So, again, you guys follow us on Stitcher. Uh, you can look for us in iTunes. We are the Operate Intelligently podcast. So thank you for your time, and, and until next time. Goodbye, and have a great day. 